Harvey Norman Wonthaggy, your local store for computers and electrical. Free click and collect available now. Live on SEN Track, Latrobe Valley 91.9 FM. And SEN Track, Southwest Gippsland 91.3 FM. Welcome to Saturdays in Gippsland. Oh yes, top of the morning to you everyone. We're in Druin today and obviously a lovely morning as well with the sun coming out. 28 degrees, the expected top. It's a lovely time to be in the country in the Gippsland region. All thanks to Harvey Norman Wonthaki, your local store for computers and electrical. Three click and collect available now. This is Saturdays in Gippsland. Damian Watson and Sam Watson with you. No relation at all whatsoever, I can promise you that. But the love for sport is certainly mutual and maybe does show that there's some form of relation there we- going back years and years and years. Sammy, welcome to you. Thanks, Damo. We might be related. You never know. Well, technically, we're all related well, in a way, aren't we? Yeah, true. Depends how far you want to go back. <laughs> you have to go back millions and millions of years. Of course, we're on 91.3 SEN Track, Southwest Gippsland. That's 91.3 FM and 91.9 FM SEN Track, Latrobe Valley. You can also listen live to us on the SEN app at an SEN.com.au. And don't forget, you can catch up on every interview or the full show wherever you get your podcasts. And I'll tell you what. The Gippsland Power Equipment Store have been very, very generous to give us this area. And this is the ultimate sponsor location as well because you can hear the power equipment in the background. I love it in the country area. The boys are putting out all the equipment, the mowing mowing machines and et cetera, out the front at the moment, as I'm sure our listeners are well aware. You operate a lot of the mowing machines Back in the farm in Wonthaggy, where you're from? Uh, Do you actually have I, a farm? I'm in, I'm in the Wonthaggy Central Business District, Damo, <laughs> so no farms for me. Push the You're in the high-rise. Yeah, push the push mower around a little bit, um, but not, not too... I haven't done too much farm work, but when I do get out there, uh, to, I've got a lot of friends and family that live on farms, and when you do get out there and ride the four-wheeler and get the chainsaw out to get a bit of firewood and stuff like that. It is pretty good fun. Well, I was going to say, is that still the routine for a lot of people, even before a game of footy? And a lot of people will be partaking in cricket grand finals, which we'll touch on a little later on in the show in the yep. local area with the, I guess, local footy season on the horizon as well. A lot of clubs playing practice matches recently. Mm. Is it still the generational thing that you help out on the farm even in the morning of a game? There'd be a few. There'd be a few of a uh, few Kippsland footballers that, have to go and milk cows before they play and uh, yeah, do a few jobs on the farm, but I don't reckon there's too many. I don't reckon there's anywhere near the amount uh, that there was back in the day because obviously the demands of uh, farming are pretty strenuous these days yeah. and so is playing football, so it's actually it would be tough for quite a few of them to actually play and, and do it at the same time. And Yeah, with clubs obviously travelling, it makes it even even harder. That's exactly right. Now, we've got a good show today. Obviously, a lot of Gippsland connections here. Brad Fisher will join us. Former Carlton player, played 99 games for the Blues and certainly has an interesting take on the Blues history as well because he was there in the mid-2000s mm. when they were really struggling. I'm sure he would have been glad to see the Blues oh, get up the other night over Richmond. He would have been very up and about. And you would have been up and about as well, Damon. You're a Blues man, aren't you? I am indeed. And, yeah, I must admit I was tempted to switch the TV off early <laughs> in the game when we were 20 points down. But, of course, he played a lot of footy at Daliston. He did. He, after going to uh, playing a season or two for the Northern Bullants and then heading over to play for West Adelaide in the Sandful, Daliston landed Brad Fisher in about 2013, I think, and he was instantly probably the best player, if not uh, in the. It, if he wasn't the best player, he was certainly in the top three in the league. And um, yeah, he. I've, 
watched him, had the chance to watch him up close and personal playing on him a couple of years ago. Was and, he uh, uh, your typical key forward like he was at the Blues? He he was very he, he had all the weapons. He was fast. He could jump high. He could kick. He can absolutely roost the ball. I've seen him kick. <laughs> I've seen him kick a couple of set shots from sixty meters. No worries. Go through post height. <laughs> um, and he he also played down back quite a bit. He was a yep. bit of a swingman for them and just as dangerous down back. He almost had to play a defensive forward on him as a centre-half back because he'd just intercept everything and launch their attacks from there. And he did pick up a premiership with Daleston in 2015. Um, they went undefeated that season and he was probably their best player. He was also playing alongside Brett Thornton. The mate Brett that, yeah, Thornton, there you go. The That's mate, a blast yeah, from the past. Yeah, a mate that he uh, also played with at Carlton. So it'll be interesting to speak to Brad about how he landed at Daly and also his uh, football career at uh, at the Blues. In general, absolutely. It's an interesting story. And speaking of interesting stories, a man who compiles them for a living, <laughs> Dan Eddy, is a well-known football author. I've yep. seen him write a couple of books in recent times uh, in regards to football history more than anything else. So I'm looking forward to having a chat with him because he has a great, great appreciation for football history in general. And getting to know some of the folks who've played over the years going back 30, 40 years and mm. making sure that their story for posterity yep. is collated. Yeah, what was his most recent one? Was it Crimo? Crimo, yeah, yeah, I think so. And th- you see that everywhere. It's funny, I reckon half the books that are written now are written by Danny. Yeah, he, he's, he's very prob- good. People probably wouldn't realise that he's written um, so many great books, but yeah, well, it would be great to have a chat to him about that. And Larrikins and Legends was the other one. I remember that that came out a few years ago about Carlton's Mosquito Fleet Premiership sides yep. in uh, 81 and 82, and I think 1979 as well. So that late 70s, early 80s era. And King Richard, the other mm, one, was his first one, I, I believe, in 2014 about uh, Dick Reynolds. Yes. Um, and Dan is a bomber's man, so it would be good to chat to him about what he thinks the season holds for the Dons and how they're going to go against Geelong today. And I wonder if he had any input into the recent documentary they did at Essendon, because it's 150 years, I think, that they're celebrating since they formed. I've got a feeling, I'll have to double-check this, he might be the historian at the Dons. Yeah. I'll have to double-check that, but anyway. There is a rich history there, as we know, with the Essendon Football Club. Yeah, Her- uh, Heritage Consultant at the Essendon Heritage Consultant, Club. there we go. Mm. And he wrote the book on Norm Smith medalists as well, because the Norm Smith medal, you've got to remember, was only brought in in 1979. Wayne Harms was the first ever winner of a Norm Smith medal. You didn't have an award for best on ground in the grand final before mm-hmm. that. So many players over the years probably missed out, unfortunately. Now, we're at Druin today, Sammy, and we're pretty much alongside the Welcome to Druin sign yep. in just the a, main street. It's just a 30-metre little chiseler away from us, the Welcome to Druin sign. It's a lovely drive, too, particularly when you get off the main freeway, the M1, and you go through the countryside. It's just a great atmosphere. There's a bit of breeze around, but lovely morning overall. Yeah, it is. I, I came from Wonthaggy this morning, so through the, hill, the south. through the hills for me, up through uh, Lock and Poowong. It's yep. a very nice drive to uh, do as the sun's coming up. And Druin itself has its own rich sporting history. It does. Two of the absolute greats in different sports. Gary Ablett Sr., of course, from Druin. He played a lot. He loved the country lifestyle, yeah. didn't he? That's why he probably ended up at Geelong. He was originally at Hawthorne, as we know. Played for Myrtleford for a year, actually, yep. up in the north. And he's originally from Druin. And Luke Ablett, a relative of his, likewise, a premiership player in 05 with Sydney. Yeah. Um, who else have we got? we got Daisy Thomas. Daisy Thomas, of course. Druin boy. He was one of the... Uh, Druin were apparently the first person to call Daisy when he announced his uh, retirement from Carlton a few years ago. Didn't end up getting back there, but uh, I'm 
I'm sure he still holds Gruen very close to his heart. And he, yeah. Did he have the long? Maybe he used to have the locks, the yep. blonde locks, uh, in the early days. Um, he must have must have been the local barber here that produced that. Maybe, maybe it might have been might have been a home job, but certainly uh, <laughs> as as a Pies fan that I was, Daisy was one of my favourites. And being a Gippsland boy, we had we had quite a few. Oh well, I feel bad saying we, but Collingwood, that Collingwood Premiership side had quite a few Gippslanders in it. And yeah, would it? Hopefully, we can get uh, Daisy. We've had Lee Brown, Jared Blair. A lot of that uh, Collingwood side from 10 to so yeah, years ago. Tyson Goldsack, he's technically Gippslander. Um, he'll he'll come on the show eventually. But, yeah, looking forward to having another chat with Blairy later on today. And, of course, Anthony McDonald, tip of Woody, who has taken in the rookie draft about six or seven years ago. He's yep. got ties to Gippsland. He does. He uh, was, after relocating from the Tiwi Islands, was in Druin, went through Gippsland Power. And, yeah, he's anti spot on Essendon's list. He's, he's going really well. He's arguably one of the top five small forwards in the league when he's up and about. And one of the most exciting players of the competition as well. One of the hardest tacklers, that's for sure. So he would have gone through, obviously there's that Tiwi background as well, but played for the Gippsland Falcons who... Gippsland Power. Gippsland Power, I should say. Gippsland Falcons was the old side. They've they've changed it to the power, of course, over the journey. But yeah, it's it's great to see a lot of players from this area Mm. make it go of things in the top level and I spoke of another sport Lionel Rose apparently is from Drew and they have a statue of him in Warrigal mm-hmm. in the main garden area there yep. but he's originally from Drew and one of the great boxers of all time hailed yep. as one of the great boxers to come out of Australia certainly is I went to school with uh, Lionel's great nephew and yeah he told many a good story about Lionel and there's been quite a few documentaries about him, I think, and his the impact he was able to have on on Indigenous Australians yes. through his boxing career, and yeah, it's uh, yeah, certainly a lot of rich sporting history in Gippsland that a lot of people probably don't know about. That's right, and Cyrus Monk is another one, Cyrus former Monk. Australian monk, monk. Not so sure. I, I go with the. I think with the word monk, you can use either monk or monk depending yep. on your own preference, but. He's a former Australian under-23 road cycling champion, world university cycling champion, mm-hmm. and he's on the European tour for Evo Pro Racing. So right. I'll tell you what, there's a vast array of sports that are going on here in Drew. going on in Drew. No doubt about that. And, our, and Bo Vernon will join the show. Funnily enough, Bo and uh, Blairy faced off in a practice match oh, at yes. Wonthaggy Recreation Reserve last night. Bo obviously coaching Phillip Island, and they travelled to Wonthaggy. Uh, who Jared coaches. There was and a bit of a build-up too. There to was that. a bit of a build-up with uh, Bo's uh, comments that said maybe the Gippsland League is a little bit overrated, in, in his opinion. Um, and Blairy obviously disagreed. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, it was. Uh, they always have good matches. Philip Island's probably got the better of them a little bit the last few years, but when Thaggy uh, got the chocolates last night, Philip Island had probably a few out including uh, Cam Pedersen, yeah. who's come on the show before. But Wanthaggy also had a couple of outs. So they'll both be right in the mix this season in the Gippsland League for Wanthaggy and the West Gippsland FNC for Phillip Island. One element I'm looking forward to hearing about with Blairy and also Bo Vernon, how do you approach a practice match? Because some people have differing opinions. Mm-hmm. Do you go all out? Do you rest a few players? I mean, you don't want to put yourself in jeopardy for the season itself. So it's a hard one because you've got to have that mental hit out in that match simulation. But at the same time, you don't want to put yourself at risk ahead of the season. Yeah, exactly right. It'll be uh, great to have a chat to them about how they thought it went and 
what they're looking for in round in round one, how they think they're going to shape up. All right, we'll have our first guest on the other side of this break, Brad Fisher, to join us, former Carlton player and also played at Daleston in recent times. We'll certainly look forward to having a chat with him. You're listening to Saturdays in Gippsland here on SEN Track in southwest Gippsland and, of course, the Latrobe Valley, 91.3 FM and 91.9 FM, respectively. All thanks to Harvey Norman Wadthaggy, your local store for computers and electrical, three click and collect, available now. Big welcome back to Saturdays in Gippsland on this fine Saturday morning. All thanks to Harvey Norman Wonthaggy, your local store for computers and electrical. Free click and collect available now. Davey of Watson and Sam Watson with you. No relation, of course. <laughs> you can also listen live to us on the SEN app at sen.com.au. And don't forget, you can catch up on every interview or the full show wherever you get your podcast. Now, our first guest this morning, Sammy, has links in recent years to Gippsland. He's a former Carlton player, played 99 games for the Blue Baggers, played at Daleston recently. He was part of that famous 2015 grand final where they took on Fish Creek and certainly has applied his expertise in recent times in the Gippsland region and continues to be a great football figure. Certainly a figure from my childhood that I remember. I speak of Brad Fisher and he joins us on the line. Welcome to you, Brad. Morning, boys. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, no worries. Thank you for jumping on so early in the morning. And I must ask, as a Carlton man, uh, what did you make of the Blues the other night? We'll chat about your Gippsland exploit shortly, but the Blues getting their first win of the season against Richmond in relatively convincing style after coming back from an early deficit. Uh, you must be pleased as a former Blue bagger. Yeah, I was, mate. I think it's about 20 years straight I've been confident going into round one, and, uh, and we haven't won too many, so it's good for uh, yeah, good to see the boys have a, have a really good win. I think to see them uh, kick a score of over 100 without Harry Mackay grabbing hold of the game or... Um, or Charlie Kernow grabbing off the game. I thought it was uh, yeah, a pretty good sign. And throw Sam Walsh back into the mix, and yeah, we might, we might go okay. Yeah, absolutely right. Now, I'll t- t- touch on your time at uh, Daleston very, very shortly, but I wanted to ask you about your time in your early years. You're from the East Burwood area, which for those listening who are unaware, that's in the eastern suburbs of Melbourne. Andrew Carazzo, of course, uh, was recruited from East Burwood around a similar time as well. Tell us about your early days. What made you fall in love with footy? Did you grow up with it parents-wise, or was there a certain element that drew you to the game? Yeah, oh, to be honest, I can't really remember sort of what got me into it. I know my dad and my, my grandpa were right. I can't remember much about my footy career at all, which is either it's either a bit of um, post-traumatic stress or it's uh, some concussion-related things. But yeah, my memory on footy is um, a little bit blank, but uh, yeah, I, I just know I loved it from when I was a kid. My, my dad and my grandpa um, played footy, and I always had a sort of footy in my hands growing up. And uh, yeah, played out at a little club called Knox Eagles with, um, oh, yep. like you mentioned, Andy Carrasso and a, and a few guys, and then on to East Burwood and Eastern Rangers, and yeah, spent a few years at Carlton, and then, um, yeah, and I just love loved footy, still love footy, still, um, you know, watch every game on TV, and love going down and watch local footy, so um, yeah, a bit of a footy nut, got a little fella now who's three years old, and um, he loves kicking the footy, little girl who I'm trying to get into the footy, but she's not really <laughs> leaning that way at the moment, so uh, yeah, I don't know, footy's in the blood, and, and yeah, just love it. Just have to give her time, I think, more than anything else. You just never know. Uh, tell us a little bit about, you mentioned injuries before. You had your fair share with knee injuries and concussion, etc. I mean, a lot of players are pretty open in the way that they talk about the fact that it still might affect them. Does it still affect you, some of those injuries, or has it sort of gone away that uh, in that respect? Uh, yeah, my, I've got pretty pretty ordinary knees. I've got them staring down at a knee brace I've got on at the moment because I um, yeah, think I'm young and go water skiing after um, yeah, about 10 operations whilst playing footy on, on my right knee. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit sort of sore, um, you know, if I try and do too much. But day to day, I'm pretty good. And 
Uh, yeah, I suppose the, the long-term effects of any hits to the head are, um, uh, are still coming, and hopefully, um, yeah, I've escaped that a little bit. I copped a few, but um, but not as many as some others. So, mm. oh, look, footy. I think you accept the risk. It's a contact sport, and um, and yeah, you sort of accept the risk when you go out there. And thankfully, I'm uh, yeah getting around most days without without too much trouble. Now, Brad, I saw a tweet before the Blues game uh, on Thursday that there was an opportunity lost to lift the curse by placing Brad Fisher on the uh, top-up <laughs> list and medical subbing him to 100 games. <laughs> How, uh, well, was it, were you a bit disappointed to finish on 99 and not, not quite reach triple figures, Brad? Uh, uh, yeah, obviously. Um, yeah, Maybe 100 games might have given me a bit of closure. Um, I, was, I was also pretty happy um, when my time had come as well. I had... You get a lot of kicks up the ass when you're a, when you're a 99 game sort of half forward flanker in a side that doesn't win a lot of games. You know, it's not all. Um, you know, people think that you're having a time of your life the whole time. It's not. It's a struggle. And and whilst I loved it and embraced that challenge, uh, yeah, sort of when the, the the weight comes off the shoulders when you when you um, no longer required your services are no longer required. That was a bit of a relief as well. So yeah, look, one more game would have um, yeah would have maybe just given that little bit of closure on a career, but. Um, yeah, as uh, as one of my best mates, uh, Chris Samardis, who, who you know was one of the main reasons I went down to Dalston, once said to me, he said, "Well, the best thing is you won't be considered, you know, one of the worst players to ever play a hundred games." So I thought that was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> thought that, 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 that was nice. He was always my biggest supporter too. So when he turned on me, I thought, "Yeah, maybe my time's done." The ship mentioned the great Shane Warne. He scored 99 as his top scorer. And more people remember that than anyone who scored just a single century. So that's one thing you can look at in a positive I'll be re- That is spot on. I'll be remembered longer for the, for the 99, yeah. unfortunately. But uh, yeah, done. it would have been a nice one more. And the phone was going yesterday when the, uh, when the COVID um, outbreak at Carlton come through and they're saying, oh, you still a chance for this 100 game. They might get you on the top-up list. So, um, <laughs> yeah, nah, I'm uh, happily done, mate. Yeah, it's Don Bradman like as well. The it's a strange yeah. tradition. But yeah, um, yeah. So you mentioned Maybe. there you made you made the move to Daly in 2013. So it was Chris Samargas that got you down there. What what did he kind of uh, sell you on about about Daly, Brad? Oh yeah. So another the, the current coach Peter Dunlop. He was probably the um, he instigated it. So his dad, he, the Dunlop family, is a famous uh, family at Dalston, and his dad's in their team of the century and. So I'd always heard of this footy club, Dalston, growing up. And um, I finished up at Carlton, went and spent a couple of years playing SANFL footy uh, mm-hmm. over in, uh, for West Adelaide. Uh, and then when I came back, I was sort of, um, yeah, a bit unsure. I was a little bit unsure when I was going to keep playing footy. My knees were sore at the time. And, uh, yeah, and, and the boys just got into me. At the time, it was about eight or nine guys that, um, that I went to school with that, had, that Pete Dunlop had dragged down. And then, yeah, the other guy you mentioned, Chris Demar, just... He married the president's daughter, um, so basically, yeah, it was, uh, it was. I didn't really have a choice. They, they made the decision for me, and spent five years there, and, and yeah, really loved it. Yeah, a, a lot of the time when you hear demo AFL players make their way down to uh, local country clubs, that they, some of them seem to think they're a little bit above uh, the rest, but. I honestly, I have a lot of mates at Daly and didn't hear a bad word about yeah. Brad the whole time he was there, and you. Um, Nobody would have imagined that he was a 99-game player for the Blues. Brad, what was your approach when you first uh, went down to Daly? Did you did you try and assimilate yourself in the community as, as much as possible? Yeah, I did. I, um, I suppose it was it was a lot easier before kids and, and you got a bit of time mm. on your hands. So, um, yeah, so I, I knew a lot of the boys. I'd been to watch a couple of Dalston games each year for, for a number of years prior to that. And, um, yeah, so I sort of took... Took over a little bit the Melbourne-based training when, when we sort of trained up in Melbourne and then uh, yeah, got down to, for all trainings and went to club functions. And my dad, I, I think I played about, well, someone told me I played about 
92 or 93 games for Dale. So my dad went to every single one and um, he was normally the last man in basketball at the end of the night. So, yeah, sort of the family got behind it as well. Um, and, yeah, it's just, I just, brilliant people, um, country people. And, oh, yeah, I was just made, filled so, uh, made to feel so welcome and, and certainly treated no differently and nor should I have been. Um, and, yeah, it was just a, an environment that I really enjoyed going to. Um, we had a, a great coach when I was playing there in uh, Paul Brosnan, who had a bit of success, and um, yeah, we just had a, a good culture, and and yeah, and so yeah, just had a good time there, to be honest. And you uh, won the 2015 Premiership after going undefeated during the season, and in the grand final against Fish Creek, I reckon you had about 25 intercept marks across half back. <laughs> where, where where does the 2015 Premiership, although it's country footy in the Alberton Football Netball League, where does that rank among your football achievements, Brad? Yeah, I'm, I don't know who was coaching Fish Creek that day, but I think they should have um, yeah, maybe changed up their game plan a little bit. <laughs> if, uh, if, they, if they weren't hacking it high into me, then they were hacking it high into Brett Thornton, who played at Carlton as well on the other side. So, mm. um, yeah, we had we're, we're a really good side that year. We were pretty strong. We'd been um, burnt the year before where we'd lost a, a grand final pretty embarrassingly by about seven or eight goals when we went in favourites. So um, it was a bit of the sort of point to prove. And, oh, yeah, that's, that's right at the top of my footy highlights. Um, like I said, uh, oh, don't get me wrong. I love playing at a high level, but yeah, you know, I didn't reach any 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 sort of great heights there. I sort of um, yeah battled around and, and enjoyed it, but um, yeah, I, I just loved playing with you know a heap of really good mates at Daly, and yeah, that premiership sits there just about at the top. And uh, I think I played in four losing senior grand finals before that one, so it was nice yeah. to um, yeah finally salute and um, yeah, and, and we did it uh, yeah pretty easily in the end, which was um, yeah, which was nice. We're speaking with Brad Fisher here on Saturdays in Gippsland. Brad, I've spoken before to a former teammate of yours, actually, Heath Scotland at the Blues, who's gone back to local footy, and he says it somewhat reinvigorates your enjoyment of the game, reminds you why you got into the game when you make that transition back to local level, to community level. Is that something you found when you left uh, the SANFL and, and joined the local club? Absolutely. Um, and, and you do, you do. So well, the SNFL was a, a little bit like a, a local club as well, um, a real sort of um, family atmosphere and community feel over there. So that was, that was really sort of refreshing as well uh, to go and spend a couple of years there. And yet it was still, you know, seriously good footy. Um, I, I went there at a time uh, to Adelaide because I thought it was the, the best state competition. I was only 27 and still wanted to play a couple of years of, you know, challenge myself and play the best footy I could. Uh, but yeah, getting back to, to local footy and especially country footy, um, yeah, it reminded you of why you fell in love with the game and um, you know, the, the same people are at the game every single week and the volunteers, people help out. And, well, I was pretty close with the president at the time, Paul Dunlop, and all these people I'd sort of say, oh, you know, how does that work with him? And he said, they're, they're just volunteers. We don't tell them they've got to be here. They're just here. It's just, um, yeah, an amazing feel. And, and you can actually get a kick again. So you sort of remind yourself that you, you used to think you could play a bit as a junior. Then you find out you can't playing at an elite level. And then, um, and then you go back to country footy and you get a few kicks and, and feel good about yourself. Now, Brad, I was watching uh, the famous uh, round 22 maybe game in uh, 2008 when yes. Buddy Franklin kicked his 100th goal. And Brendan up, for a thousand, up for a 1,000 yeah, this week. He is. Well. Brendan Favola, yeah. you were playing alongside him in the forward line. Uh, Daly also played with another superstar forward who, who booted 100 goals, Michael Kraska. What, what was it like uh, playing with, with Kraska, who's one of, the, uh, one of the biggest names in country footy in, in Gippsland, I would have thought? Yeah, uh, yeah. Kraska was a freak. Um, not dissimilar to, to Feb, just so much confidence in their own ability to kick, kick a goal, basically, which is uh, just about the most important thing in footy. Because um, without doing that, you're not going to win the game. But yeah, look, Kras was um, 
he was an unbelievable talent, uh, especially the, the sort of early couple of years, first couple of years. Um, you know, he took a couple of days, he took two of the biggest, probably the two biggest marks I've ever seen, and they were both on days where he was probably getting beaten by his opponent, and he just wheeled himself to a couple of contests and sat on top of packs, and uh, in big games, I think we played a couple of grand finals there, he kicked five and six, and just turned up. Every time you, you needed him to kick a goal or do something, he'd do it. Um, yeah, played for way too many free kicks, big crazy. He spent his whole time throwing his arms back and carrying on, and the opposition hated him, but that all just made him, yeah, the Kraska legend, grow even more. And uh, the more people, the more the opposite team or the crowd got into him, I'm just thinking this is a bit silly because he's just going to turn his game on its head, and just about every time he did. Just before we let you go, Brad, I uh, want to ask, what are you up to these days in terms of your football involvement and also work environment? I know you mentioned you've got a family to raise as well. What's keeping you occupied these days? Yeah, so I, I spent seven years at the uh, AFL Players Association looking after um, transitioning players and retired players. So their the, the whole sort of alumni program, past player program, I did that for seven years. And I jumped across to um, uh, the Australian Cricketers Association and worked there in awesome. cricket ops for eight or nine months. So I had a couple of really good jobs. But we, we relocated down to the Mornington Peninsula where I am now. And I just wanted to... Um, stay down here basically and not be commuting up every day so I've um, yeah, I've partnered up with a former teammate um, by the name of Greg Bentley who played about 30 AFL games with Port Adelaide and Carlton and he's a builder uh, down here on the peninsula and captain of Rosebud Footy Club and knows everybody so yeah I'm in with him and we've just got a little um, yeah, sort of residential building company and we just do sort of new builds and um, renovations and and things like that. So I, I don't. I travel about five kilometres. Is about the sort of max radius in any direction I'm willing to go for work now. And, uh, <laughs> nice. and on the tools, which surprises many of my mates um, with my background. But yeah, absolutely love it. And yeah, got a couple of young kids and um, yeah, been married for seven or eight years. So yeah, life's pretty cruisy. No footy involvement anymore. Um, I spent a couple of years. I was assistant coach of Carlton's AFLW side, which was um, which was awesome. That was under Daniel Harford. Um, there's a, a super coach and, and some really good people there and I really enjoyed that but again once we uh, moved down to Peninsula it was uh, yeah just the commute was going to get me so yeah I'll, I'll um, yeah, probably sniff around Rosebud Footy Club a little bit and go to a fair few games and a few trainings and that I've got a few good mates down there so um, and then yeah I'll, I'll hook around and, and watch Dalston a bit as well with um, yeah, my mate Pete Dunlop coaching Alright and I should mention too as we let you go our mate Sammy Watson here, he actually played on you a couple of years ago. You probably won't remember, but you were injured and he, you still kicked three on him, which mm. probably isn't a good reflection on you, Sam. No, it's, it's not. But, who, uh, who were you we, playing we for, had, Sam? I'm, I'm Killy Bass, mate. We ended up getting the win by about a goal, but, yeah, ah. it's, uh, I was yeah. Uh, pretty pretty disappointed to give away three goals, but when you give it up to a, to a former AFL player, you can top that, I reckon. <laughs> well, well, I reckon I remember that. I only played... Came back for I'd had a year and a half off and came back and then the next week I got absolutely towed up by a young <laughs> fella who was disciplined and faster than me and stronger and and then about midway through the third quarter I picked my hamstring and that was the last time I've seen on a footy ground so um, yeah so I might keep my last goal on you by the sound of it probably mate probably <laughs> thanks for that that's a claim to fame for me but no thank you very much for coming on the show Brad thanks boys good on you. Brad Fisher joining us there, former Carlton player and, of course, a man who spent some time in Gippsland at Daliston and was a very good contributor, part of that 2015 Premiership side. Let's head to the news. Back with more on Saturdays in Gippsland after this. 
hope you're enjoying the program on this Saturday morning. This is Saturdays in Gippsland on 91.3 FM SEN Track, Southwest Gippsland and 91.9 FM SEN Track, Latrobe Valley. All thanks to Harvey Norman Wonthaggy, your local store for computers and electrical. Three click and collect available now. Damien Watson and Sam Watson, we're in Druin today. Live outside the Gippsland Power Equipment headquarters here on the main road. It was great to have a chat with Brad Fisher, just in a sentence. Your favourite highlight of that chat? Uh, talking about making the move to, to Daly and reinvigorating his love for, for footy. Yeah, I love, yeah, got to love hearing stuff like that. Yeah, mind you, as a blue bag, a supporter who supported through very tough times in the 2000s, it was good to hear some memories of that time as yep. well. Now, on the other side of the break, speaking of reminiscing, a man who does that for a living is a great Dan Eddy, a very good football author. We'll chat to him on the other side about not only his work, but his roots in Gippsland from Lee and Gather. That's coming up on Saturdays in Gippsland. Hope you're enjoying your Saturday morning wherever you may be listening. Davia Watson and Sam Watson with you on SEN Track. You can listen to us live on the SEN app as well at sen.com.au. And don't forget, you can catch up on every interview or the full show wherever you get your podcast. We do this for Harvey Norman Wadthaggy, your local store for computers and electrical. Free click and collect available now. And we're live in Druid at the moment. And a man who's really established himself... Sammy is one of the great footy authors in recent times. He's got roots in Gippsland, so we'll ask him about that. But I'll tell you what, his resume is very, very impressive. He's written at least a dozen books. I used to love reading footy books about footy history, going back to the local library, and he's got plenty in spades. The most recent one was Crimo, the Peter Cribbin story, of course. Uh, interesting one in regards to the former Hawthorne captain who sadly passed away with cancer in the 1970s. And he's got a new book in the works about Peter Hudson, one of the great goal kickers of all time. I speak of Dan Eddy, who's on the line. And, Dan, thanks very much for joining us. Uh, thank you, uh, Watson boys. I appreciate it. <laughs> so... I'm just looking on Amazon here. Dan, March 30, a football genius is, is due to be released. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Counting down the days, mate. We've got a big launch on the 31st at the MCG and uh, hope to have a lot of Hawthorne luminaries there and it promises to be a great day. Now, Dan, I'm interested because I love football history in general. Were you someone who was captivated by footy history as a kid? Where did that passion derive from? Yeah, it's, uh, that's spot on. I was. I was from a young age, I was soaking up any sort of footy history book you could think of. Uh, when most kids were probably looking at uh, girly mags or, or whatever they were doing, I was uh, I was busy looking at. Um, I, I was uh, stuck in my room reading footy books, and if there was an article in the newspaper that even hinted at a, a footy history story, mum and dad knew they weren't allowed to cut the paper or bend it or throw it out because I was going to uh, be preserving that for uh, for my scrapbooks. So I was always fascinated by it and. Uh, eventually it led to me uh, realising that maybe I could try and write a book one day. Oh, fantastic. And I've seen some of your Facebook posts as well. A couple that stand out to be, we'll get to your Lee and Gaffer roots in just a moment, but a couple that stand out to be, you have photos of the last game at Waverley Park back in 1999. And as someone who lives near Waverley, like, I find that fascinating because that was a bit before my time in the 90s because I was born in the mid-90s. To see images of Waverley on its last day outside the turnstiles was quite fascinating. And another one was you playing pool as I recall, with Peter McKenna and a few other former greats. That must have been a thrill. <laughs> yeah, well, Waverley, first of all, was... Um, Mum and Dad were VFL Park members, so we used to go along to games there, and I loved it. I, I still wish we were playing games there. It was um, it was just a great ground to... Um, you could 
move your way around the, the stand and go and meet all your heroes because they'd all be sitting amongst you and the coaches' box would, boxes would be amongst you as well. You could tap on the window. I remember walking <laughs> up to the commentary box when uh, Rex Hump was calling and he, he's commentating the game. He just leant through, grabbed my bit of paper, signed it and kept calling and <laughs> that, was, that was how it was done back then. So um, I have really special memories and being there for the last game was was pretty cool although sad in another way and um yeah the the famous photo in 1970 peter hudson peter mckenna and alex jeselenko all kicked 100 goals the first time that three guys had done it in the one season uh it was only equaled once in 93 with uh modra ablett and uh i think it was dunstall maybe and um so it was a really special occasion so at the time there was a photo taken of the three of them uh, pretending to play pool and um I found that photo a couple of years ago and hadn't seen it published anywhere really and so I thought I'd try and get the three together. I'd written a PhD on, on Jezza, which, so I had a bit of a connection there and obviously with Tutto. So the three of them come together in 2020 and we were able to recreate it for the 50 years and uh, they still look fit and healthy, the three of them. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure about me, but uh, no, it was a really fun <laughs> day to get the three of them together. Now, there's a big movie out at the moment that I'm sure a lot of our listeners would be uh, aware of called King Richard, which is about Richard Williams, the uh, Williams sister's yes. uh, father. Uh, but, Dan, the, the name of your first book was also King Richard, which was about uh, the story of Dick Reynolds. What what made you want to write a book about Dick, Dan? Yeah, when I was 15, uh, my, my mum took me and my three siblings down to the Melbourne for the grand final parade. It was the first time we'd done that. It was unbelievable to be there and, and see it all up close being ca- country kids that we were and um and we were walking back through the crowd and the great dick reynolds was just casually strolling through and no one seemed to recognize who he was but i knew straight away who he was so i went up and um introduced myself and got an autograph and that sparked my interest in in his life and there just there just was never a book on his life which when you look at his career it's as good as any who have played the game and so eventually um, after years of walking into bookshops hoping one would pop up, there wasn't one. So I, um, in my late 20s, I thought, well, I might have a crack at this and try and write it myself. Fantastic. And i tell you what, the initiative has been rewarded over the journey. Just going to ask <coughs> you, Dan, we're speaking with Dan Eddy, of course, noted football author. Your roots in Gippsland. We're in Druin at the moment, but you grew up in Lee and Gaffer. That's my understanding. Tell us about growing up in the Gippsland region and obviously how much football was a fabric of the town itself. Yeah, and still is. Yeah, we grew up, I was born in Langatha and we lived at Stony Creek for a while and then down at Yanaki as well. So we're, yeah, then we moved track. up to Northern. Yeah, I played my only handful of senior footy games were in the middle of the racetrack there. Yeah, which was, <laughs> um, it was uh, possibly the windiest ground in the history of the world. So if you couldn't kick over a jam pin like myself, it was pretty rough kicking against the wind. But um, lots of fun there and my, my, a lot of my family played there as well. I played a few games in the thirds at, at Langatha as well. But um, the area is just fantastic for for anyone playing sport, boys and girls. At a young age, you've got every every option possible and it's not that far to drive to Melbourne for bigger events, but it's, it's an outstanding place to grow up and very pretty as well. And um, having researched my Hawthorne books, um, a lot of guys come from the Druin slash Warrigal slash, uh, you know, all the way down Berwick through to the Peninsula Way. So it's been a rich area for Hawthorne people as well. And, and Langatha mm. had quite a few bulldogs come from here too. But obviously now we know it as Dyson Heppel, Dyson Heppel Town and uh, Jared Roughhead Town, don't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you mentioned Dyson Heppel, Essendon captain. He 
you're, a, you're now a heritage consultant at the Dons, I believe, and being a Bomber supporter, is that pretty much a, a dream job of yours, Dan? It is, yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's great to be able to write and talk about what I about the only thing that I know. <laughs> uh, so it's been good, and um, yeah, I, I've just written the club's 150-year history book, which will be released in the next month or so as well. So cool. uh, pretty proud to have done that. Yeah, but my brothers grew up with with Dyson and and Jared as well, so uh, they've they've certainly followed his career closely. Uh, and being he's been a fantastic captain for the Bombers and a great ambassador for the Langatha region. Absolutely. And speaking of the Gippsland region, do you still come back very often to Langatha or the Gippsland region itself? I still live in Langatha, mate. Yeah, oh, I, fantastic. I, yeah, I just make the journeys down to the city for for research and interviews and things like that, uh, although it's getting a bit tougher now with the old petrol prices that we'll, we'll make oh, do yeah. somehow, but, <laughs> but um, no, lots of, lots of trips uh, around, the, around the state for research, but I love getting back home, and uh, I've got a young boy now, so uh, he goes to the school here, so we, we, we love the town, and um, the boy and the dog are a bit more famous than me in the town, I can tell you, they're, uh, <laughs> they're the most recognisable too going around, but uh, no, it's a fantastic place to live and grow up, and as I said, it's, it's not far to get to the city, so you're in a perfect spot, or the beach as well. Mm. And after the book on Peter Hudson comes out in the Essendon 150-year book, what's what's next on the yeah. agenda, Dan? Yeah, well, uh, it's an exciting year for Essendon with the 150 years. There's a lot of events that I'll hopefully be involved in throughout the year with that, um, including a big tribute game and different things. But I'm also writing a book on the 72 and 73 Richmond-Carlton Grand Finals, which oh. um, 72 is the highest scorer scoring win and then 73s when uh, Neil Barm and co uh, go the biff a bit so I thought uh, there's a bit behind that story so there'll, there'll be a book in that and, and also I'm about to start um, a biography on the great John Kennedy as well. Alright and probably not worth uh, interviewing John Nichols or Jeff South because they wouldn't remember too much of that 73 grand final after they yeah, got it's one. Funny. It's funny yeah I interviewed I did interview Big Nick uh, the other day and he, no he does remember it clearly but he He's talked about it so much that he's he's reached the point where it's, I'm sick of talking about it. But he did um, he did then give a, give me a few stories, so it was great. And then I caught up with Ian Stewart and Michael Green and Neil Baum on the other side. So I'm making my way around to the guys from both clubs, and yeah, it's it's proving that it might be quite a fascinating story. Well, if you're a footy history buff, you have a dream job, Dan Eddie. Really appreciate your time talking us through your career as an author thus far and your ties to Lee and Gatha. Thanks again. Appreciate it, guys. And, yeah, Hardy Grant books if you want to uh, get the new Peter Hudson of Football Genius or Dan Eddy books as well, mate. Oh, looking forward to awesome, it. That'll, that'll certainly be ordered by me, I can assure you. Yep. Thanks very much, Dan <laughs> Eddy, joining us there. Saturdays in Gippsland. We'll take a break. Back with more on the other side. Ah, yes, the trucks are going by here at the Gippsland Power Equipment Headquarters in Drewham, where Damian Watson and Sam Watson are situated. A lovely morning on this Saturday. You're listening to us via 91.3 FM SEN Track, Southwest Gippsland, and 91.9 FM SEN Track, Latrobe Valley, and on the SEN app as well. For Harvey Dorman, Wonthaggy, your local store for computers and electrical, three click and collect available now. Sammy, we'll head to the news in just a moment, mm-hmm. and we'll discuss on the other side of this break as well what's happening locally with a lot of cricket grounds finals this weekend but you must be happy and I'm certainly happy with the way the AFL round's gone so far with both our teams winning. It's been a great start obviously uh, these fans were happy after unfurling the flag and getting the job done against the Doggies on Wednesday night you you guys uh, the Blues on Thursday night coming back after things looked a bit shaky in the last quarter for a bit there but they 
turned on the Jets and ended up getting a very nice win against the Tigers. And, yeah, the Pies... Interesting uh, game last night, yeah, too. Yeah, the Pies... Uh, you were I've, up I've by become, seven I've, goals, I've weren't become, you? Oh, I think it was 30 points was about the most that we were up by. But I've become accustomed to us blowing a couple of leads. Um, and I thought oh, it's just the same old story again yeah. last night. But Craig McRae got the boys to fire up and had a very nice finish to the game. And, yeah, got the win. And I, uh, I'm not too invested in this season because I'm not expecting us to make finals or anything. But, yeah, it was great to see the guys get a win in McRae and Dacos and... Lipinski's first game. Absolutely. Speaking of Collingwood, Jared Blair will join us in the next hour. Collingwood 2010 Premiership player at Bo Vernon as well. We'll discuss local sport too. Harvey Norman One Thaggy, your local store for computers and electrical. Free click and collect available now. Live on SEN Track, Latrobe Valley 91.9 FM. And SEN Track, Southwest Gippsland 91.3 FM. Welcome to Saturdays in Gippsland. Yes, into the second hour of Saturdays in Gippsland. Damien Watson and Sam Watson with you again. Have to emphasise no relation at all whatsoever. <laughs> the fact that I'm emphasising that probably suggests that I don't like you, Sam, but that's not the case at all. Thanks, Damien. <laughs> we do this, of course, for Harvey Norman Wadthaggy, your local store for computers and electrical. Three click and collect available. Now you can listen to us live on the SEN app as well at sen.com.au. And don't forget, you can catch up on every interview or the full show wherever you get your podcast. It was great to catch up with Brad Fisher and also Dan Eddy in the first hour. And this hour, we'll catch up with Jared Blair again and Bo Vernon. We're at the Gippsland Power Equipment Headquarters in Druin. And it is time now for a local sports update with thanks to Gippsland Power Equipment. And Sammy Watson, the local man himself, could give us an insight to what's happening cricket-wise because a lot of local grand finals today as there we is. get set for the footy season. Yeah, there's uh, a lot of pre, uh, pre-season practice matches in footy today, but uh, there'll be a few more nervous... Gippsland athletes uh, competing in cricket grand final. So in the LDCA, uh, thanks to Gippsland Power Equipment, we have got in the A-grade Division 1 grand final, Phillip Island and Lang Town will be uh, facing off there. It's a big the two, rivalry, isn't it? Pro, uh, not, not really? Not, not too but much between them in recent years because Phillip Island hasn't really been up there. But right. Lang they they're both the two best sides and that'll be a really good contest. Um, and and in A2, uh, Foster will be taking on one Thaggy club. So it's been, I imagine, quite a long... I'm not sure exactly how long, but quite a while since Foster have won a, a premiership uh, in A grade. So they'll be up and about. In the Warrigal and District uh, Cricket Association, we've got Allen Bank taking on Halora. So Halora is one of the most successful uh, clubs in that league. I'm not. I'm sure Allen Bank... I know they're very good in the footy. I'm not sure what their recent history is like, but... I know Halora are a very good side, and that'll be a cracking match to watch today. Uh, Division 2 in there, Long Warrior taking on Halora again, so the boys down at Halora are going pretty nicely. In the Sale Mafra Cricket Association, uh, it's not going to load here, but it was... I'm not sure of the pronunciation. I'm going to go with Bundalagua. Bundalagua or Bundalagua? Yeah. I'll go Bundalagua as well. Strat, uh, taking on Stratford. That's a really high-standard league out, out in Salem, Mafra. Bundalag, where I think, is located between Salem, Mafra. Probably. No, yeah. yeah it's, out, it's out towards that way. And in the A-grade grand final in the Trelgan and District Cricket Association, it's not my little screen's not going to load here. Uh, my cricket's playing up on me. But um, anyway, regardless of that, this weekend is... Uh, I've won an A-grade premiership. Hmm. Um, 
a few years ago now, but it's something that I'll certainly remember forever and something that you'll maybe not appreciate as much at the time until a couple of years down the track and you, you realize, do your reunions yeah you, you uh they say the realize, reunions are the best part aren't well they? we haven't had one yet it's only been about five years but um you realize how hard they are to actually win and yeah so there'll be some tears maybe flowing today um yeah here we go and the Tarragon and district cricket association ex-students will be taking on glenn gary so yeah, some big, some big matches due in Gippsland this, uh, this afternoon. They do say some of the biggest parties are after a cricket premiership. Aren't yeah, they? I, I fell asleep at our one. I was, really? I was, I was a bit burnt out after the two days, unfortunately. Oh, but that's the best part. I know. We, we were having fun, but I just happened to have a kip and missed half of the celebrations. But anyway... It's interesting, isn't we'll it? We'll try and win another one and I'll get amongst that. It's a quick transition, isn't it, from cricket grand finals to local footy as yeah, well, yeah. with a lot of practice matches. And you've got to remember, a lot of the players who play cricket often mm. double up and play footy. So it is a hard transition when you've got work during the week as well. It is tough to not have a couple of weeks off in between yeah. cricket and footy season. It seems every year that both, like whether it's going from footy to cricket or from cricket to footy, it seems every year that they're getting closer and closer together. But... Anyway, it's good to keep active, but you can get burnt out a little bit, changing between both quickly. Yeah, exactly. You probably know that from personal experience. Yeah. How did you assess your own individual cricket season, by uh, the way? I had an injury which interrupted a bit of it, but I wasn't doing much beforehand anyway. Um, <laughs> captaining the B-grade side, I was. Um, didn't make many runs, didn't take many wickets, but had, a, had good fun. We just missed out on finals. Hopefully we can make it again next year. Do you find it enjoyable captaining aside because there's a lot that you've got to go through in your mind don't mm. you field placings etc yeah it's it's enjoyable you're obviously in the game like you're obviously thinking the whole time you don't get bored standing out in the field um it, it can be very frustrating and especially in, in country cricket and b-grade cricket you're probably playing with some veterans that can't move around the ground as well and some youngsters that aren't obviously the greatest fielders yet but um Oh, I always have fun. I wouldn't keep doing it if I wasn't having fun. And it's, yeah, I, I, I quite enjoy being captain. I'm not sure if I'll do it again next year, but we'll see what happens. You mentioned before Foster how significant it's going to be for them because mm-hmm. obviously being part of an A-grade grand final is a bit of a rarity. Mm-hmm. What does it do to a town? Obviously, in your experience being from a country town, what would it do, do you think, for the actual well, town itself? Well, one thaggy, uh, one thaggy club there, the, um, the cricket club in one thaggy, they win grand finals left right and center so it's just a regular occurrence for them yeah Yeah. but like glen alvey where i play there's pretty much no town there but the the love that that is brought from winning a premiership and and the enthusiasm for the next year and everything around that is is amazing like it's it's it, it's hard to describe how how proud you feel of everybody once you can pull off something like that, and especially with those smaller towns where you sometimes might struggle for numbers. The year before we won the flag, we didn't win a game. Yeah, and we were outrighted. We were outrighted in bloody half of our games. So, yeah, they, they, it's it's tough, but it's it's tough sometimes. But when you do win it, it make it makes everything worth it. No doubt about that, and uh, we know about how intrinsically part of the town the cricket club and the football mm. club is, and yeah, it'll be interesting uh, to see what happens today, and obviously a lot of history will be made today as well across various clubs in the competition and the region. Now that we've uh, finished our 
local sports update for Gippsland Power Equipment. Plenty uh, of equipment in front of us, there, too. There's the plenty of equipment Surrounded. on Prince's Way in uh, Druin here. Damo, tell us uh, what you've been up to over the past week or so. You've been, uh, been doing a bit of stuff in interstate? Yeah, I know. It's been great. Speaking of cricket, uh, I was up in Canberra for the last week calling some WNCL action. So they've had a plethora of games there recently because there's been a lot of cancellations in Sydney with the weather up there because obviously with the rain, yep. that's washed out a few games. So they've had to relocate a number of them to Canberra. And, yeah, it was great because... When it comes to commentary and broadcasting, you don't really get to go into state anymore. A lot of it's done off the screen these days remotely, and it makes economic sense to do that. But it's nice mm-hmm. to go somewhere different and uh, something I always wanted to do and the opportunity presented itself financially as well. And I thought, why not make a week of it up in Canberra? So did that earlier this week, came back last night. Uh, so it's been a quick changeover. I was on radio what, last night as well. What, so. were you, what were you getting up to last night? Uh, did SE head track last night, uh, going through some of the trots and dogs did. action while watching your Collingwood side get up as well. Yeah, um, well, that's that's a pretty good night in the office, I would have thought. What did you tip many winners? Oh, uh, yeah, we got a couple of winners in the Greyhounds, but couldn't quite get there uh, in the thoroughbreds towards the back end at the Valley. But of course, a lot of racing action in Gippsland right throughout the week. Really, you got the Warrigal meeting and the Greyhounds every Tuesday night. Seems like a tradition over there, and mm-hmm. went to their Cup meeting. In January, yep. uh, it was a good night out. And obviously, Terralgan being out there as well. I'll tell you what, the new Terralgan track is very, very interesting with the J-curve. It's the first of its kind in the world. There you go. All right, we'll have to go and check that out soon. We might we might do a show from Terralgan. I reckon. Mate, oh, that wouldn't be a bad idea. Just before we get on to uh, our chat with Jared Blair, coach of One Thaggy Power and obviously Collingwood, Premiership I'll Euro. have to ask you about Collingwood too because they beat St Kilda, which yeah, is the uh, same 2010. Before we get on to that and speaking of coaches, what did you make of uh, Luke Beveridge's remarks at the, at the press conference, Damo? There's a lot of water that's gone under the bridge since then, there hasn't has. it? Oh, goodness me. There has, but just, just focusing on that incident, what did you uh, what did you make of that? Oh, look, at the end of the day, if you're bothered by a report about selection, which is proven to be right anyway... Uh, there's something a little bit awry, isn't there? Because mm. surely you don't let things like that affect you. That's why I was a little bit surprised. Because Bevo, I would have thought, if anything was going to set him off, it would be something a bit more serious than that. So I was a little bit surprised that he was set off by something like that. Surely you just ignore it as a football club. Yeah, my uh, theory is that there was probably something a little bit more in the background that we might not know about. Obviously, oh, Tom, knows. Obviously, Tom uh, broke the news that Ryan Gardner wouldn't be playing for the Dogs in the grand final before... It was announced, so it was probably a little bit of pent-up anger over that, but yeah, who knows? Because there's leakage, but that's the thing. You look inside your club, that's where the problem lies, if exactly. it's getting out. Exactly. It's, uh, it's probably, as I heard on radio last night, it's probably an innocent... I'm sure it's not a, a leak trying to sabotage the Bulldogs. It's probably Lockie Hunter's gone home and told a relative or something, or a partner or something like that, and all of a but sudden... The players have to be wary of that, though, because mm. that does affect the tactics before the game it affects yeah. their preparation so the players have to be wary about who they tell don't they you can't but you can't expect a player to go home after a, a weekend a, a day at the training and you're just told that you're going to be dropped and not 
tell their <laughs> tell partner. The partner like, yeah. Anyway, but that's where, you know, ultimately you have a responsibility as a family. All right, we'll yep. take a break. You're listening in to Saturdays in Gippsland, and we do this for Harvey Norman Wonthaggy, your local store for computers and electrical. Free click and collect available now. On the other side of this, we'll be joined by Jared Blair, a great name, of course, coming from Wonthaggy, and a Collingwood Premiership player as well. He'll join us, and we're at the Gippsland Power Equipment Headquarters in Druin, and more to come on the other side. Hope you're enjoying the start of your weekend here. You are indeed listening to Saturdays in Gippsland for Harvey Norman Wonthaggy, your local store for computers and electrical free click and collect available now. We're at the Gippsland Power Equipment Headquarters in Druin this morning. Good to be around the different areas in Gippsland, Sammy Watson. Fair to say it's enjoyable going around to the different towns. Speaking of towns, a man, well, would he be the king of Wonthaggy? When you're the coach of the local footy team, you'd be up there. You'd have keys to the city, wouldn't you? Yeah, buddy, I I speak of Jared Blair, former Collingwood Premiership player, of course, and the current Wonthaggy coach. And the side have just come off a practice match against Phillip Island. Blairy, thanks again for your time, mate. No worries, guys. How are you going? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, more importantly, uh, your fellas pulled up after the practice match against Blair, Phillip Blair Island. Blairy played as well, so how did you, pu- yeah, you exactly. pull up, Blairy? Uh, I'm not too bad, sort of. Yeah, I feel okay today. I reckon tomorrow I'll be sore again. Yeah, but no, it all went pretty well. It was a good hit out. Um, you know, we enjoy having having a run against the Island. They're obviously a quality outfit, so it's sort of good to test ourselves going into round one. And uh, got through largely unscathed. A few sort of nicks here and there for a couple of boys. But, um, yeah, pretty happy with, with, with the performance. And I think um, outside of a bit of general soreness, we came through pretty good, which is good. And now that it's kind of a, a regular um, fixture, the, the practice match with, with Phillip Island and obviously the close proximity for the two towns, do, do you guys view it as a bit more than a practice match? Is there, is there a little bit underneath the surface there or are you kind of mainly just uh, trotting out there just to uh, get a feel before the start of the season? Oh, I mean, you play every game to win, whether it's a practice match or not. But, um, you know, it's not like when Faggy and Phillip Island don't have history. I think it goes a fair mm. way back to probably Bass Valley days or whatever the competition was there. Um, and even sort of our time and my, my junior days and, in the Alberton League, um, we had some really good tussles with the island, and um, even you know through 15s and 18s, they were always really quality outfit and had some pretty talented players. Um, so yeah, it's it is a practice match, but you do you want to put it all on the line because you know I think last one too before we go into round one, there's boys trying to put their hands up for selection, um, guys trying to sort of blow some cobwebs out and make sure that they're match fit and ready to go. Um, so yeah, it, it is. It's a pretty serious hit out and. It's good. It's a pretty good spectacle, actually. Like the ground in Montague at the minute, it's in unbelievable condition. Mm-hmm. Uh, Greeny and, and the council do a great job, and it's good to just have a bit of an event there before the season kicks off. Get everyone together and almost wet the appetite a little bit before um, round one in, in a few weeks' time. And you know, I think going forward too, it'll be good. The island have, have had their lights upgraded over there, so it might be a you know back and forth every second year, which is um, which is really good for both towns. Yeah, we forgot to mention, Damo, that one thaggy did get the win over Phillip Island yes. last night. And Phillip Island probably got the win over the, over your last year, Blair. Is that right? Did they did they pick up the win? Yeah, they just covered last year, Swatter. And yep. we sort of, um, yeah. Well, actually, the scoreboard broke halfway through the third quarter. So we're not exactly <laughs> yeah. sure. I think uh, that was I, Bo sorting that one out once we yeah. got on top. But, um, yeah, no, uh, it was a good hit out. 
Now, now speaking speaking of Bo, be honest. Now, did you did you mention his comments that we revealed to you on uh, Saturdays in Gippsland about the Gippsland League being a, a tad overrated in your pregame address yesterday, Blairy? No, we haven't had it out yet. We haven't had it out with him yet. Sweater. I had a couple of beers with Bo last night, but might be might be a conversation after we've had two or three more beers and it'll be a little bit more robust, I think. Based on the victory in the practice match, Blairy, which players impressed you based on their hit out? Uh, from our side, um, yep. Oh, young Jai Gilmore was was really solid last night. Uh, he's he's had a really good preseason. He won out won our reserves best and fairest last year, um, and he's a very uh, sort of polished player. Once he gets the ball in his hands, he doesn't panic. Works his way through traffic and finds options. So he, I thought he was really good last night. Um, and if anything, probably just a good run for him to get some confidence in and, and you know recognise that he's up to that level and should really start to see himself as a senior player. So I was, I was really happy with Jai's performance. A um, couple of boys, uh, Sparky was really solid through the midfield there. I uh, had a good tussle with, with Kimber, who's obviously a quality player and has done it mm-hmm. for, you know, probably a couple of decades now. So it was good for them too to go head-to-head. Um, and he, he's just, you know, he's a pretty polished individual, Sparky. His pre-season's been, you know, first class. And these, you know, you don't perform well by accident. He's done the work to sort of, well fair few years now and um, yeah he's starting to put it all out in the park which is good Speaking with Wonthaki coach Jared Blair on the line as we get closer to round one Blairy do you change anything in your lead up when it comes to training do you increase the intensity gradually how do you approach the remaining weeks before a round one game yeah look we'll, we'll um, this week coming now we'll have a reasonably cruising on Tuesday after a hit out like that it's a little bit wary of just getting the boys going on a Tuesday, probably light skills and flush the legs out a little bit. And Thursday, we'll, we'll, we'll probably look at having a decent hit out again um, with the weekend off into round one. Almost, you know, have 40 minutes of match sim or something like that and give a couple of boys a look at it who didn't play last night. Uh, just make sure they're ready to go. And then the following week, it'll be, yeah, we'll probably wind it down a little bit. Don't need too much of a heavy load going into round one. It's just, I think at that point, trust it. Yeah, you know, the work's been done, and you're confident in where everyone's at. Um, which, which I think the boys sort of understand, acknowledge. It's, it's been you've said on here before, but we've done you know a handful of pre-seasons now for, for what ten games mm. last year. So um, yeah. everyone's ready to go and, and just wants to get out there on a Saturday and uh, and have a kick. Which is you know it's the reward for all the effort that we've done over such a long period of time. Now the uh, the reserves were very impressive as well last night, Blairy. Are, are you pleased with the depth that you've you've got there for the upcoming season? Yeah, we're really happy with our list at the minute, Swatter. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're sort of lucky that there's there's a group of, of young boys that are all sort of pushing each other and, and setting the standards and creating something that you know they all want to be a part of, which is really helpful. You know, it's, you want them to be sort of self motivated athletes, if you like, and, and be chasing it themselves and. You know, I've always sort of felt that, um, you know, if you let someone choose to do something, they'll, they'll, they'll do it better than if they're told to do it. And this is sort of feel like that's where our group's at at the minute. They're self-motivated and can see what's ahead of them and, and they're all striving after it. So the twos boys are, were really good. Um, you know, and there's, there's guys in there that are genuine senior players, but, you know, at the end of the day, you, you can only sort of pick 22 guys on a Saturday. So um, there's obviously always going to be unlucky ones. But... You know, it's great to have Andy Murray back. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, you know, 
good one. Faggy lad played all his juniors with us, and he's been down in Melbourne playing at Glen Waverley there. I think he was at. And, you know, he sort of just decided that he was keen to come home and, and have a run with his mates again. And um, yeah, he, he was pretty good in that first game last night. He's obviously a, a, you know, a level or two above that. He's just sort of finding his feet. He had a bit of a tight back in, at our pre-season camp and missed our first hit out against Croydon. So it was good to see him go around. Um, and, we, yeah, we're really excited with some, some of the talent that's in that group. Fantastic. Uh, look, just a last couple before we let you go, Blairy. In regards to, and you mentioned it before, about ostensibly having a pre-season for 10 games last year and obviously COVID with extenuating circumstances changed things and over the last two years it's effectively been just half a season of footy there so preparing for a long season ahead we're anticipating hopefully we get a full season in 2022 are you wary about managing the season in terms of the workload to cater for the fact that there hasn't been a heck of a lot of action over the last two years and fatigue may come into it? Yeah, I think it's going, to, it's going to be an important factor in, in having a successful year is, is trying to manage guys through. Um, and, and obviously, I think we'll have to have probably some harder conversations with guys because everyone wants to play every week. It's, it's, it's going to be, look, mate, it might be best for you just to miss this week. Um, and, and in the long run, they'll appreciate that. But at the time, when you're sitting on the sidelines for a week because you're a little bit sore and, you, and yeah, otherwise you would play or if it was finals time, you wouldn't even feel those sort of niggles. But... Um, yeah, we will definitely look at sort of uh, managing, if you like, but just making sure that there's, there's plenty of opportunities for guys going through. And, you know, a, a part of it is, is keeping guys engaged. They've had Last year, there was a lot of boys starved of opportunity because we only played 10 games and they sort of start to feel like, you know, maybe they're not a chance to be a part of the senior side. But in a full normal season, and we've said this to the boys, it's, there's so many more opportunities. You know, there's no two or three week breaks between games one of the boys is a bit tight they miss the next week you take your opportunity and then you lock a spot away for the season so um, yeah things are a lot more open and I think in a full season because it's a real war of attrition and guys have got to manage to get themselves up for you know what 25 weeks now effectively to get through to the end of the year Now Blairy you obviously uh, wouldn't have caught much of the Collingwood game last night were you expecting the boys to get up going into it? Well, I actually tipped some Kilda, and I don't know why I did that. Um, yeah, I'm spewing on myself because I actually looked at the side and thought, like, there's still there's so much talent there. Like, they, they, I think they'll get it done. And then I reckon I must have tipped early in the week and and left it. But yeah, I was. It's uh, pretty exciting, I think. Sort of looking at the names they got there, and yeah. heaps of young kids getting it done for them. But but at the top end too, you know, you still got Pendlebury side bottoms, Adams, Darcy Moore's. You know, he's a season campaigner now. Jordan Ngoi gets a full year in. Like Braden Maynard will be back. It's um, it's a pretty solid side. And then you know, the, I think the expectations for them could really be anything. You know, it's obviously hard for younger guys to work through that whole season. But it's probably a little bit of what we just spoke about: is you manage them through and try and keep them at their best. Um, they could be a little bit more of a threat than maybe we thought initially. Yeah. Mm, yeah, unfortunately, I tipped the Saints as well, so I've learnt, I've learnt my lesson there. Uh, your your good mate Steele, side bottom that you mentioned, there kicked a couple of goals. Are you surprised he's been able to keep his his game at such a high level as he moves kind of into his uh, mid thirties? Oh no, not really, Swatter. Like he's a supreme talent. He's got everything you need to be able to play for as long as you want and you choose to. You know, when you retire, it's not like he came in and he was lightning quick or anything like that. Um, just a really smart footballer who can kick goals left or right foot and find the footy wherever and runs all day. So, um, 
you know, I had a few conversations with him, and he's obviously like he was, there was a little bit of publicity around his form last year, but it's hard to play well every week when you when you got to fix holes everywhere for you, or you know plug holes for your side every time someone mm. some things not going right. You know, it's like we're struggling off half back, put steel off half back. We're struggling to kick goals forward, let's put steel forward. Like a bit of continuity in your actual position and where you play on the ground is important. Um, and I think he'll enjoy being a bit more settled in a spot. And, and I reckon he's had those sort of conversations with, with Fly as well, which is, um, yeah, encouraging for him because, who knows, there could be three or four more good years left in him yet. So it's good. Well, Blair, really appreciate your time on this Saturday morning, particularly after a heavy practice match against Phillip Island. All the best for the upcoming week as you prepare for round one. And thanks again for your time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Fantastic. Thanks, Blair. Yeah, I sold uh, Steele a bit short there. He's only 31, so, yeah, hopefully there's a few more years left in him. And he's been, even if there isn't, he's been a bloody fantastic servant for Collingwood. So hopefully he can, uh, hopefully he is a part of our next premiership side, but who knows when that'll be. (laughs) (laughs) You could be waiting. Look, at the end of the day, they're always pretty good. Collingwood are topping up. We obviously had a good chat there to a premiership player himself at Collingwood, Mm -hmm. Jared Blair, current coach of the Wonthaggy Footy Club. We'll take a break for the news. Be back with more Saturdays in Gippsland for Harvey Norman Wonthaggy, your local store for computers and electrical. Three click and collect available now. And we're on 91.3 FM SEN track Southwest Gippsland and 91.9 FM SEN track Latrobe Valley. Damian Watson and Sam Watson with you. Again, to emphasise no relation at all. And we're at the Gippsland Power Equipment Headquarters in Druin. And a few customers around too, which is great, trying out some of the equipment here. Just name a few. I'm not as familiar with farming equipment because I'm a city boy and probably a bit of a novice with this stuff. I'm not really, but obviously still is a a big uh, brand. We've got, what have you got, got there? Got a lot of Ro- lawnmowers here. Yeah, I love these uh, lawnmowing machines. Not, not sure if they have uh, much John Deere stuff here. I'm not sure if John Deere's still in vogue. Cub Cadet is what we're looking at in front of us here. They've got a wide range of that. So, yeah, get on down here if you're after a bit of power equipment. Doesn't matter if it's for the farm or for the backyard. There's, I have plenty down here. So that'd be a fun job, I reckon, mowing the lawn. Maybe if you do it for years, it becomes tedious. Yeah, um, I I did it for a bit of pocket money growing up and. Yeah, I don't think I could do it full-time, Damo, but... Oh, I just have the headphones in, listen to us. Uh, yeah. That's what a lot of people... It's funny, with SEN track listeners, a lot of them are actually lawnmower staff members yep. by trade. Yep. They've got to listen to something at night time in particular. So exactly. That's what they listen to. Now, just before we head to the break, and obviously Bo Vernon to join us shortly, mm-hmm. speaking about practice matches, you're with the Kilcunda Bass Footy and Netball Club, and you're taking on Mombolk, is that Mombolk, right? Mombolk, yeah, from the Eastern Footy League today, playing them in a practice match at Bass Recreation Reserve, so I'll have to jet down there after we're done here at uh, Gippsland Power Equipment, and yeah, looking forward to it. First game of footy I will have played since July 10, 2021. Where will you line up? I'll line up across the half-back line. Oh, well. Centre-half back? Yeah, usually, but there's no positions in modern day football demo it's ma- it's all matchups yeah you, you, like our, our coach won't won't have three across the half back line or three across the full back line he'll just have all six in the line in the in the uh, defensive 50 and you go down there and pick a matchup based on obviously height speed skill and uh yeah, I'll, I'll probably play on their biggest and slowest bloke if they've got one. <laughs> Hopefully they do. Just before we head to a break, you seem like a placid character. Do you have white line fever when you take to the mm, field? I'd, it'd be it'd be nice to have a bit more uh, white line fever towards my opponent, but 
I get pretty vocal. <laughs> I get pretty vocal. I just need to be probably harder, harder at the footy a little bit, I reckon. Yeah, back it up uh, yeah, verbally exactly. with a bit of contested footy. Exactly. Uh, fair exactly. enough. All right, we'll take a break. With thanks to Harvey Norman Wonthaggy, your local store for computers and electrical, free click and collect available now. This is Saturdays in Gippsland. Bo Verdon to join us after this. Hope you're enjoying the start of your weekend. Saturdays in Gippsland. And, of course, you can listen live on the SEN app and at sen.com.au. Don't forget you can catch up on every interview or the full show wherever you get your podcast. We're at the Gippsland Power Equipment Headquarters in Druin this morning. Lovely morning as well. The sun's out. Not a cloud in the sky, really, at the moment, Sammy Watson. Great day for footy, Damo. That's right. Don't, and, great day and for the cricket. cricket grand finals. Don't forget them. <laughs> That's right. Well, speaking of footy, a man who's certainly wrapped up in it at the moment, and rightly so, at the start of a potential big season. Bo Vernon, the coach of the Phillip Island Footy Club, joins us on the line. They had partaken in a practice match against Wadthaggy last night. Bo, good to have a chat with you once again. Yeah, cheers, fellas. What did you make of last night's practice match from your point of view? Obviously, the result doesn't matter as much. It was more about the hit-out itself. What did you make of it from your side's perspective? No, nah, yeah, it was a, it's always great to play. One thaggy, like, you know mm. what you're going to get, especially at their home ground there. They're one of the toughest teams in, in Gippsland and, and physical and strong bodies around, around the ball. So it's, it's good for um, you know, our blokes to get that hit-out before, before the season and yeah, we were real happy with the way things things went uh, and the game and um, and the way our boys went about it. Some things we've been working on. Uh, so yeah, we thought it was it's always played in good spirit. You know, Larry's Larry's a great bloke and runs a good ship down there at at Warney and uh, yeah, just a little see. I know we had a, one of our great players um, heard his name. Just fingers crossed, it's not. Not too bad. So Hayden Bruce has uh, yeah went down early in the game and uh, oh. did look too good though. I was gonna I was gonna ask about the players that were out and noticed Hayden Hayden wasn't out there, Bo. So w- w- did that happen early in the game? Yeah, that happened. Yeah, early in the game. Um, so yeah, he just he's hyper extended his knee. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, we're yeah hopefully there's no ACL damage, but we'll, yeah, we'll just wait and see on that. Yeah, fingers crossed there for Hayden Damo and a few of our listeners who might not be aware is one of the top five players in the league, I'd yeah. say. He's, he's, he's a gun, spent a bit of time at uh, Richmond in the VFL, I believe. Um, apart from, obviously, the injury, Bo, who, who uh, what else were you... In? Oh, well, sorry, not the injury you'd be impressed with, but what were you impressed with last night? Was there any youngsters that stood out? Oh, I was just happy with the way we competed, like... Um, you know, having Jack Taylor back up forward, he just him and Maxi Blake working together. You know, they don't mark everything, but they make sure everything's brought to ground and just compete. And it's a very good time for others and and our midfield, like you know, contested work. We we're going quite well in the in the game um, up until halfway through the third quarter. I think we'll probably up by about ten points or something, and then uh, we ran out of legs really played three on the bench because we had a few out with COVID and a few out with cricket and and uh, a few out with injuries that um, Cam pulled out, um, Cam Pedersen pulled out on on the Thursday, Thursday afternoon, Thursday night of the game, um, just mm. with a little niggle. Um, we had four on the bench and then we ended up running, running three and then Pencil went down early so we just ran out a bit of legs late in the game. So that which we saw as a, probably a good thing, like getting that hit out, because it's only 20-minute quarters. But, mm. um, 
yeah, like really fatiguing late in the game and, and having to keep going um, was good for our boys. So, yeah, a few young, a few young blokes um, did well, like Orlando, uh, Kane Gillard uh, across half-back, sort of first time he's played there, which experimenting with a couple of things. He, he showed a lot of promise. Um, Benny Taylor, who's yet to play a senior game, I thought he, he uh, really impressed as well. Uh, we, we asked Blair this as well, Bo, when we just had a chat to him about 15 minutes ago. Is it a bit more like with the with the recent games that you've had against Wanthagi in the preseason? It's a, um, obviously a bit of a tradition now, and obviously with the close proximity of the towns and the history between them. Is it a bit more than a practice match, do you think? Is it something that the players really go into wanting to win? Uh, you sense that. You sense that with, um, say, our boys and, and like, uh, Wani um, mm. last night. Yeah, and I suppose I grew up in a time where uh, hearing the older blokes when I was coming through as players saying how much they hate one Thaggy. <laughs> um, and, and it was vice, vice versa. Like, it was it was huge, and even at schools when you're, like, it doesn't, I don't think it happens now, but at schools when you're younger, like, if I went to a mm. party over at one baggy, you'd probably get your head beaten in and stuff like that, so there's always <laughs> been that, been that rivalry, and, um, but it's played in such good spirits now, like, it's, I don't think either club doesn't seem to have, like, any dickheads, and it's just good people. Um, but geez, it was hot footy and hard contest and, and hard at the ball and um, didn't have much time there in the first half when you picked up the ball you knew there was a you know a body coming from somewhere to, to get you so yeah I definitely sense that yeah yeah you really want to want to perform well and, and and go well and I think we take that attitude into whoever we play though but yeah it is uh, it has been um, a good few years playing against Wontaggy um, in these it's a hard practice balance. Games. Sorry, yeah, but I was just going to say it's a hard balance to, to try and maintain, isn't it? Because you want to come into the season fully fit and not risk too many injuries, but at the same time you want that match simulation just to blow off the cobweb. So do you find it a hard balancing act when approaching practice matches? Um, no, not necessarily. I understand what you're saying. Um, and, yeah, we want everyone fit for the year, but I suppose um, these hard games, you know, build... Builder, um, like it, I suppose at training, I'm, I'm one. Us at Phillip Island and all our blokes, we we do so much competitive work at our trainings. To be honest, and um, yeah, we're sort of our blokes enjoy that, and that's what they want, and and they'd rather be doing that than you know just going out and playing a game of footy that's you know circle work or at training kicking the cones and stuff. Like that. they really just enjoy. Um, you know, the competitive side of the game and, and I think that's why a lot of our boys love playing the game so much. So, uh, yeah, no, we, we make sure you know, we're, we're sensible with, with what we do but at the end of the, end of the day, um, yeah, you need to be able to um, build up that resilience to taking a tackle and, and taking a knock and being able to get up and keep going. Now you're turning your attention to Coraline who you'll play in round one on uh, on a Sunday, how, how much are you looking forward to that and the challenge that it'll, that it will provide, Bo? Yeah, so we've we've got a um, we've got a, another practice game because that was oh. our, that was our first that was our right. first proper proper hit out. Uh, so so yeah, we've got Maui another next. game this, this week against Maui. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think 
few younger blokes with it being one week out from round one. A few younger blokes might get an opportunity um, this this coming week um, in that game. And, uh, yeah, so we'll focus on that. But, yeah, looking forward to getting into the real stuff, that's for sure. It's, it's, mm. it's exciting after the last yeah, a couple of years where we've had it. I don't know, you get the sense that, you know, we're, we're having to move forward with all um, the COVID sort of stuff and we're going to learn to live with it. That the season's going to be going ahead. So, um, yeah, it's exciting to get back into it. And Coralina, such a proud club and such a... Um, they've got a good culture down there and uh, and hopefully on the Sunday, we play a Sunday game straight up, hopefully we can get a huge crowd there. Now, Bo, my co-host Damo waltzed in pretty chippy today. He's a, he's a Carlton man, and unfortunately <laughs> for you, you're a Tigers man on, Sorry, on this week. <laughs> on this week. What, did, you, did you get a chance to watch the game, mate? And if so, what did you make of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, well, I, um, I did watch the game, um, yeah, and, and loved it until yeah, that last half, but, uh, <laughs> that last quarter, but... Uh, no, it was actually made me go far and footy sport. Like I was, I watched mm-hmm. the first half with my kids, or you know, four and six, and and then they went to bed. But um, I just love watching it, especially in the first quarter when Richmond were going all right with them, and that was that was awesome. And but just seeing the emotion of say the Carlton players went in the crowd when Sammy Doherty, you know, kicked the goal. Mm-hmm. Or I remember him just busting a gut just to get back and intercept the ball that Richmond were out on um, and then at the end of the game seeing all the Carlton supporters how happy they were and how much joy it brought them it's like how good is how good is sport and um, mm. yeah obviously disappointing from a Richmond point of view but it was um, yeah we've won three premierships in, in <laughs> recent times so hopefully we can turn it around but um, Carlton were just too good through the the clearance work um, yeah in that in that last yeah, last uh, quarter in particular. Now, speaking of Sammy Doherty, Bo, does he still have much to, to do with Phillip Island? Does he get down to Phillip Island much and uh, touch base with the footy club? Have you have you spoken to him at all in, in recent times? Uh, he, he's, he's, he's very busy um, yeah, yeah. up in Melbourne, and I suppose footy schedule, um, yeah, yeah, you know, weekends and different things with footy, so... He doesn't get down. He doesn't get down too often uh, now. Uh, but you know, I caught up with him a couple of years ago. I went down to uh, Carlton, and had a had a coffee with him, and um, just a, a chat and different things. And yeah, he's a. Uh, I played with him um, at Phillip Island. He's few years younger, but in his first year in seniors, I played with him. I think I was twenty, and he was sixteen or seventeen, maybe. And. Um, yeah, he's a phenomenal player and phenomenal Phillip Island person and it's great to see people from our local community um, go on and, and work hard and become great people and, and great professions in, in their field like him and um, Nicky Van Dyke are standing out to me mm. in my mind. So, um, yeah, it's awesome to see. And great for our young blokes to um, look up to him and yeah, hopefully we can get him down to the club a couple of times this year and around our around our young boys. Um just uh you know, a lot of young people wanna be AFL footballers and, and to be surrounded by that and, and hear about how you know, those those things would be great for them. Absolutely. Very inspiring. Uh, a great story in itself, obviously, with Sam Doherty. Bo, really appreciate your time. Good luck with the upcoming practice match against Moe as well. Thanks again, mate. All right, thanks fellas.
have a good day. Good stuff. Thanks, Same bro. to you, Bo. Bo Verdon there, the coach of the Phillip Island Footy Club. We'll take a break back to wrap up after this. Tell you what, it's been an enjoyable show. Saturday's in Gippsland today. Not a cloud in the sky here at the Gippsland Power Equipment headquarters in Druin. Might stay around and check out the town, Sam Watson. Yeah, go for a drive around. I haven't spent a lot of time in Druin, but go and check out the footy oval demo. Yeah? Was it a good so, ground? Have you been there before? I have been there to watch one saggy quite a few times, and it can get pretty muddy, so I'm right. not sure if they've upgraded it in recent years. But most wouldn't time, be muddy today. Most times I go there, no, sure it'd be beautiful today, but most times I've gone there in the middle of winter and the ground's a bit of a slog, but they might have fixed it. That's it. And, and that, who cares if it's a slog? Good old country footy. That's right. That's where you earn your keep, isn't it? In that's the it. muddy areas in senior footy, no question about that. What's on for the weekend for you, aside from playing today for Kilcunda Bass? Yeah, not not a lot, mate. I'll probably just a quiet one. Early wake up on Monday morning for me, so I'll uh, just have a quiet one Sunday. Probably be a bit sore after the practice match today, <laughs> but I'll see how I go. Oh, would you have a quiet beverage after the game or oh, you just yeah you'd, you'd, you'd hope so hope so hope the other boys are keen to stick around and have a quiet one maybe watch buddy potentially kick his thousandth goal oh that that would have to be as we wrap up probably the last time we see that with um, the way the game's played today unfortunately unfortunately yeah. it's uh who knows if we'll ever see it again but yeah this might be the first the, the last time in quite a few years anyway all right, Sammy, appreciate your work today. Thank you very much, Damo. You did a great job filling in for Poppy. He'll be back next week and we'll be broadcasting the show from Farmworld at Lardner Park. So looking forward to that. Absolutely. Farewell. Have a good weekend, everyone.